Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us in art and music movements through history. Thanks for joining us. We're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. When I was studying the cello, it was classical. I was never allowed to say I like it. It was always the teacher who said it was good or not, right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing at Berkeley, always the teacher said no, wrong, wrong note on that chord. And at NEC probably was the first time they said, oh yeah, okay, you can do that. Mm -hmm. So I think when I moved to New York, it was was up to me to decide, right? But still like certain things, you're you're not so sure. You feel like this is something that you like to do you feel like this is interesting but you're never sure and with the cello i went through that but then with the composition the same thing and then i start to work on it but i never really did it in front of people i mean i start to use some of it for solo like performances with the multi-channels installations and all that but this is even more removed from it because there's very little cello in it mm-hmm. i don't know i i guess this I feel like now I'm older, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just gonna release it. Yeah, exactly. Is it a comfort thing? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I just accept this is what I do. It's Mm -hmm. also a part of what I do. And I think when I moved to New York, at first I was playing with lots of different people, and it was exciting because at school, of course, you play with people, but it's kind of limited number of people. But I I was kind of getting drawn into many different setups in New York. And that was challenging, but then after a while, I realized I'm not always like enjoying it or even understanding of what I was doing. So I started to pay more attention to it. And then also, you know, I go to other people's concerts and I developed some certain way of listening. Then if I was listening to other people's playing through this mindset, then I have to put myself under it too. So I think that's how I got into this way of thinking, developing solo works and try to work on structures and forms so it's not just a um, continuation of sounds. It's not to say, hey, do you like it? But it's like, hey, it's something I've made and it'll be fun to have it out on cassette tape, especially. So we'll see what happens. Well, that's one of my favorite things about modern music, so to say, outside of the realms of the structured, is the fact that you can come across a number of things that don't necessarily pique your interest, Mm -hmm. but there's still something to be drawn from that.
music always gets treated like commodity. I mean, you get used to it, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like we now hear Coltrane on the elevator. Right. So it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. and it's very common to have the music playing in the background while mm-hmm. you're doing something else. And then also, I think it comes down to modern art. I mean, when you go to MoMA in New York, like it's packed with mm-hmm. tourists. And who knows what they're really getting into, but you know, nobody's like making, like, this, what is this? I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all like, kind of looking at the paintings in a kind of respective way. But yeah, when it comes down to music, I think it's quicker to say whether oh I like it or I don't like it mm-hmm. you know I yeah but I think there's a culture and my feeling is probably it's been that way for a long time oh, yeah, yeah when it comes down to music you think of the premieres and stuff back in the day when that was the only way for people to get music was mm-hmm. to go to these concert halls and then I think it what was it of our tongue by Schoenberg yeah. when people were oh, yeah. literally angry yeah. because the way that it hit their ear. done a lot of collaborations. Mm-hmm. Would you say that in the end made you find your voice? Uh, to f- find one's voice, you know, I mean it's never a sad thing. I think it's something that you're continuously looking and then you, at least in my, my case, I'd like to examine over and over and over because you have to also understand like that you're changing as a person so your music has to reflect and improvisation especially being uh, way of making music that's very connected to your personality in a way that you cannot really hide mm-hmm. so I mean I'm not trying to put down any other f- forms of music making but like let's say if it's like completely improvised as I try to do it all the time mm-hmm. you know I really want to put myself in a blank state uh, when I begin and then just let things happen and then try to make something out of it so I don't have um some certain forms to hide behind and so I guess like each time I'm kind of like putting myself in a certain setup that I kind of have to go and like look at myself pretty critically Mm -hmm. so maybe that's a way of trying to find my voice and then try to stay true to it yeah collaboration can be a tricky thing and I don't like it when it's too easy I like to be challenged Mm -hmm. in a way not just like like fighting of egos but challenge musically mm-hmm. I, well, okay I like to kind of find a way to play with this other person's playing somehow mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's just it's useless I think there was one gig it was not set up by me and it was set up by a producer of this festival and somehow he thought it would be a brilliant match and then it was only for 15 minutes and I felt like I was in hell because no matter what I did, this other player was not listening. He just did his thing, mm-hmm. and then after like 10 minutes into it, even though I had like five more minutes to play, I was I didn't know what to do. And so it doesn't always work. I guess with improv, 
to a point, it's not necessarily what it means by definition, but there has to be some call and response, right? Yeah, or it's just like the, the reason why you're here on the stage together, you know? I mean, just because you say hi doesn't mean that that person really acknowledges you, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow, like, especially you're going to play together, you know, there has to be some sense of coming togetherness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a way, that, makes, that made me picky. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't play... I, maybe I used to play with more people before, but I think these days it's kind of narrowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I try to expand and go outside music in terms of collaboration. Mm-hmm. It all comes with different challenges. Also, I have to remember that I don't have to play. <laughs> right. yeah. I have to remember that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are also people that you get to play once in a great while. Mm-hmm. Like tomorrow I'm playing with Evan Parker and the electroacoustic ensemble, which doesn't happen that often. And it's always challenging. And also, it's, it's a large group. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of always interesting to find a good combination. Usually, Evan has a roadmap. So mm-hmm. he has certain sections that maybe it'll be a duo, it'll be a, a trio. Mm-hmm. So he has a map and then there'll be different sections that he plans ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the context we create together, mm-hmm. but we do follow his structures. Mm-hmm. So, in, I mean, that's why it's his group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, but musically, it's really listening and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then also it'll be interesting to work with the acoustic mm-hmm. of the space because I, I don't know, I cannot imagine what it'll be like mm-hmm. with that drum. getting more and more important I think mm-hmm. and I mean even yesterday when I was doing solo um, because I like really hearing the space mm-hmm. even though you know the way I play is not necessarily an acoustic instrument but I like to hear the sound coming back at me and mm-hmm. so I can kind of feel the space and I'm mean, some places easier some places harder but I think it's something that I should take advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not always the same thing. Actually, I am putting out more records. I mean, last year I didn't put out anything. I was on one record, which was not mine, and this year, so I just put out the solo, which is an old recording, but it had to come out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the cassette with the composition, and I have another live recording of this ensemble piece I wrote and recorded a year and a half ago. That is with John Butcher, John Edwards, Lasse Maher, Chess Smith, and two Korean traditional instrumentalists, Song Hye-kwon doing pansori singing, and Jae Yo-chang is a traditional percussion player. So I, I guess it's been a part of my 
identity crisis, like trying to figure out what it means to be a Korean person, but also who's been living away from home for such a mm-hmm. long time. But this music is definitely in me, not in a way that I understand, but it's like more like a visceral thing I have. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find a way to combine that with improvisation and composition in a way that felt natural to me, not just like trying to combine them, but some in a way that it makes sense to me. And I feel like this kind of came close. So it feels very personal. It feels very important as a, you know, my like personal mm-hmm. landmark. And it's coming out at the end of May. Mm-hmm. And I have a harp quartet. I started a couple of years ago doing more tunes, whatever that means. And I'm planning on recording that group this summer. So yeah, try to do more. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.